0: with the name the merciful benefactor the merciful redeemer we witness that god is one we witness that prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the messenger of allah bismillahir rahmanir rahim ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna muhammadan wa abduhu wa rasuluhu Praise be to Allah, we thank him for his mercy, his blessings on us and on the humanity. We thank him for affording us an opportunity to gather for this Juma. We thank him for the opportunity to come and recognize him as the sole authority in our lives. Ramadan is upon us, alhamdulillah. <clears throat> If we study uh, basic science, we will find that science tells us that for every action, there is a reaction. For every cause, there is an effect. Yet the human being who is a marvelous miracle, and who is surrounded by awesome miracles in this creation, had to be reminded of the first cause had to be reminded that all of this had a creator. Had to be reminded that we were not the source. We were the beneficiaries. Our children will ask us, Mommy, Daddy, where did we come from? And in their innocence, they ask us a question that we should have answered for our own selves. Allah created us. And where does the benefits come from? They come from Allah. But in the world that we live in, man has had a journey where he has worshipped everything in creation except the Creator. We find man's journey had him worshipping trees and rocks and the environment and the sun and so on and so forth. Man was searching for a mystery God, but there is no mystery God. It took the mercy of Allah to send Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa to tell humanity who you have been looking for is al-Rahman and al-Rahim. You have been looking for the Lord of all the worlds. You have been searching for this one that is the source of everything good that comes to you. Allah says he is the beneficent, the merciful, the Lord of all the worlds. I have a little caveat that I put inside of that Rabbil Al-Amin, the Lord of all the worlds. I say the Lord of all systems of knowledge. And I add that in order for me to remind myself that human beings, although we know that Allah is the one that created steel, when they take the steel and they shape it into the form of a car, we forget to give praise to Allah and we start thinking general Motors. We know that Allah is the one that created the tree, but after they make these beautiful cabinets in our house, we start thanking Sears and Rogoff for that beautiful cabinet. So I can remind myself that he's the Lord of all systems of knowledge to remind myself that he is the Rahman and the Rahim. He is the source of every benefit that comes from me, that comes to me, and he is also the Lord of it regardless to what form man puts it in. When he takes the steel, he thanks Allah for it but he changes it he should still thank Allah for whatever comes from it so I say the Lord of all the worlds and then I say subconsciously the Lord of all systems of knowledge one of the signs of the mercy of Allah is that before the human being was created Allah had already put air for the man to breathe before there was even a man There was water on the earth, 139,685,000 square miles of water on the earth before there was a man to drink it. There was a sun to warm the creation before there was a man to be warmed by it. Before there was a man to appreciate the beauty of the stars, Allah had already decorated the heavens with them. His mercy. As fathers, many of us, as men, we know that we have learned a lesson from what Allah did for us. When our wife gives us the good news, and we know that we're about to have an addition to our family, We do the same thing that we have learned of the Creator. We go and we get a room for a baby. Where's the baby at? We're buying pampers and stacking them up. But where's the baby? We're buying formula. All kinds of things. But there's no no baby yet. So we have learned from the teacher how to show mercy and how to be a benefit. Allah says in Surah 17 of the Quran, call upon Allah, upon the compassionate, Ar-Rahman, or by whatever name you call upon him by, to him belong the most beautiful names. Today our kubba is entitled Ramadan, a sign of the mercy of Allah. If we get a problem in our life, if we make a mistake, if we err, if we sin, we never ask anybody to give us justice. If we commit a sin or a crime, we don't ask Allah, can you please give me justice? We ask for mercy. We ask Allah to be merciful to us. And Allah says he is the most merciful of those who show mercy because if I do something against another person and I go to them and ask them to forgive me, frequently I will hear them say, I forgive you, but I'm not going to forget what you did. Well, that's just half of what I'm asking you for. But Allah, when he forgives, he says that he uses a concept that we have called Gabara, the forgiver. And Gabara means that he is, or Gafara, pardon me, means that he is, has treated us as though we never did it. Al father, he treats us like we never did it. In spite of what we did, in spite of the fact that we did things that were displeasing, he still woke us up this morning. Imagine if every time we told a lie, Allah caused our heart to stop beating. Imagine if every time we committed a sin, Allah said, that's it for you. So each morning we wake up as though we have a constitutional right to wake up in the morning. We act like it's legislated somewhere. I'm going to sleep tonight and I'm guaranteed to wake up in the morning because I have a constitutional right. It is the mercy of Allah that wakes us in the morning we act like sometimes after we have committed a sin or done something wrong in our arrogance we act like we have a right for a to keep making our heart beat it is his mercy he says if I gave everyone on this planet what they deserve for what they did no human being would be left on the face of the earth why am I still here it's because of his mercy in spite of we're supposed to show each other mercy I should be merciful to my brother, to my sister. I should treat you the way I want my Lord to treat me. It shouldn't be an unequal relationship where I am not giving you mercy, but I am begging him to be merciful to me. We should show mercy to each other. There should be mercy in the home. But in order to be merciful, you have to have some practice at it. And the good place to start practicing is in your house. Be merciful to your wife, husband. can come around the brothers you can come around the men, and we can see you being merciful but how are you in your house to your wife we have it on good authority Allah says that a prophet Muhammad he was the best man to his wife the best so when you practice a mercy and I see you being merciful in the masjid my wondering mind asks me I wonder if he's like our Rasulullah is he merciful in his house are we merciful to our children? There is a relationship between children and parents, and vice versa, and there's supposed to be love and mercy. Allah says, and so authority thirty of the Quran in the twelfth ayah, He says, among the signs of that He created you from, uh, created from you your spouses, in order that you may dwell together in peace and tranquility, and He made between you love and mercy. We shouldn't be a walking dichotomy. The society is dealing with families that have been inverted. Families that have been turned upside down. Disconnect, they call it. There's a surah in the Quran, and if you bear with me, it's called surah al safet and we take it that it means to line up, like we're lining up for prayer. But I see something else in this. I also look at the Sapphire that it doesn't simply mean that you line up in a straight line because it says those who line themselves in rank are therefore strong in repelling evil. And I have seen since I worked for the Department of Corrections, people lined up and they weren't repelling evil. It was called a lineup, and it was a bunch of criminals and they weren't repelling evil. So I know just lining up is not going to do it. I know there has to be something else working here. So when we say suffered, I don't think it's talking about the horizontal alignment. It's talking about the perpendicular. It means that I am suffered when I'm thinking what God wants me to think. I have a Quranic matrix. When I see things in the world, it reminds me of an ayah out of the Quran. I'm not quoting what CNN said. When I see something happen in the world, I don't think about what the philosopher said. It reminds me of an ayah. Oh, Allah said this. Oh, Allah said that. So I have the Quranic matrix. And then from there, my heart is aligned with what Allah said. And my hands are doing what Allah said. And my mouth is speaking what Allah said. And my feet are going, now I am suffering. Now I am alive. Now once I am aligned vertically, then I can go horizontally and establish. So we say, "Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullah, As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah, on you is the responsibility to establish the peace. So I think that the family needs to be realigned. Where we explain to our children that Allah is the source of is the benefit that comes to us and that we struggle as parents and as adults but we do it with that which Allah has provided for us Ramadan is coming Allah says I will continue to bless my servant as long as he continues to help his brother we forget about that there's a story that was told it says a man took a young boy and he told him, he said, There are two things fighting inside of you. One is good and one is not so good. And the young man said, Which one wins? He said, The one you feed. The one you feed. When Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah, ayat 183, قُتِبَ كَمَا مِنْ He is telling us to abstain. Fasting means to abstain. Whatever we feed is going to grow. So this little story reminded me that if I want my uh, disbelief to die, I should starve it to death. If I want envy and jealousy to die, I should starve it to death. If I want backbiting and bickering to die, I should starve it. I should not feed it. I should not give it the energy in order for it to keep on going. What should I feed? I should feed my charity. I should increase my zakat. I should feed my salat. I should increase my prayer. I should feed my brotherhood. I should in- feed my iman. I should feed those things that I want to live so that they invite me and I am representative of them. So fasting is for those who want to have taqwa. Who want to reach taqwa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us That this is a remedy for us. And I like the fact that he didn't make us exclusive. He didn't say, Muslims, fasting is for you and you alone. He said, fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed to those before you. So we know that our brothers in Christianity and Judaism, they were given the same recipe, the same prescription. Because it is a common human problem that resurfaces periodically. And Allah has given us this remedy for it. Ramadan is a great sign of the mercy of Allah. I can go 11 months of the year. You can go 11 months of the year. And you can think you're all right. We start off after Ramadan, we start off pretty good. We're making all our prayers, everything is going fine. But about 11 months later, we are in a mind tweak. We're giving ourselves excuses for why we didn't make the prayer. (coughs) Oh, we can combine them. That's where I can combine. I can do it later. I can make it up later. And eventually we have rationalized ourselves out of the surat al mustaqim So Allah in His mercy has given us Ramadan as a repair system. A holistic repair system. But I would like to remind you and remind myself that Ramadan should be systemic. Every part of us should be participating in this fast. Please, this year, don't let your eyes be fasting but your mouth isn't. Don't let your head be fasting but your heart isn't. The entire system should be involved in this fast. Our hands should be fasting. Our mouth should be fasting. Our eyes should be fasting. Everything in this community of self should be fasting and participating. At least we are breaking the fast. And we can't get the benefit. So let it be a whole system fast. Or as they say, a holistic fast. And then inshallah, we will get the benefit of the mercy that Allah has put in this month. Aqoolu qa'liha <sighs> wa s-taqfirullah liwalikum. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa Salatul ala Khairu Muhammad al-Nabi Umi wa Ala Ali wa Safihi Dear brothers and sisters in Islam, we are so fortunate that Allah has had His mercy push this month into our life. A month wherein we are told that Shaitan is chained. That the gates of hell are closed, that the door to paradise is open. A month wherein the things that we do are rewarded way beyond any measure that we could measure. This is a tremendous blessing. Any time that we have an opportunity where we can pray one prayer, and Allah will bless us for what we do naturally. The month of Ramadan does not only have blessings in it for the extraordinary, the extra things we do, the things we do naturally and normally, He gives us blessings for that as well. This is a month for us to repair relationships. We should approach Ramadan as though we were going on Hajj. We should go to our brother, go to our sister, and say, if I have done anything to offend you, I would like to repair our relationship and bring back the peace. If we have a deafness within our means to settle, we should settle it before Ramadan comes so that we can go on this trip. We should go into this experience that we are facing now and go through it with all of the expectation of a great blessing and reward. Ramadan, an opportunity for us to get reconnected with the nature that God gave us. Get reconnected with the remedy that God gave us. Some people are worried about the swine flu. I thought it was an oxymoron that a Muslim would get swine flu. But they're worried about swine flu. The thing that it reminded me of is that they were racing to get something to inoculate the people. So the solution for the swine flu is you gotta have a vaccine. So it occurred to me that there's something more dangerous than the swine flu. Sin is more dangerous than swine flu. Corruption is more dangerous than swine flu. Heading on a path that will have you in the hellfire is more dangerous than the swine flu. So I said, but where is the inoculation for the people so that they don't end up in those places? Ramadan comes to inoculate us so that we have what? That we have a system that is on the defense against these things. Inoculation is supposed to prevent you from being infected by something. Ramadan, if we take it, if we go through it, will inoculate us and protect us and put us in a situation where we are not prone to sin, prone to slipping. So roll up your sleeves. And if you're a little squamish, you can look the other way. And step into the month of Ramadan and get your inoculation. So that we end up being those people that are healthy. Because if you don't get inoculated, you will become what is called a carrier. And I've learned something studying medical reports that a carrier may not even get sick. They just make other people sick. So you might become a carrier. You're not a victim of fitness, you just spread it. You're not a victim of gossip, you just do it. So we want to make sure that you are not a carrier. And that you are fully inoculated. And that it is systemic. So that we can have the beauty, the reward of Ramadan. Insha'Allah. We pray for the souls of the faithfully departed that Allah will grant them peaceful rest in Jannah. Amen. We pray for the sick, the dying, and the destitute that He will ease their suffering and ease their pains. We pray prayers and peace upon Prophet Muhammad وسلم, on his progeny, his companions, the righteous all. We ask Allah's choicest blessings upon the community and that he will supply the Muslims worldwide with that which they need in order to be successful and victorious. We pray, we pray for those families that have lost loved ones that Allah will remove any lurking sense of injury. We also pray that Allah will forgive us of our sins That he will strengthen us in our resolve to be better Muslims. That he will bless us to have the ability to forgive ourselves and each other. Amen. Amen.